eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. The first week of the fantasy playoffs is done and now it is getting serious. You are in the semi-finals if you're still going and you can smell that championship trophy. So, of course, you're joined by me, your host, David. We've got in the room Rob and Adil as well. Rob, how are you doing? Yeah, really good, mate. Thanks. Uh, good weekend for me. Um, one in all but one of my fantasy playoffs, which was actually the, uh, the full 10-yard staff redraft league. So I'm out of that one, but um, in the rest. So, yeah, I had a good week. Wonderful stuff. And how about yourself, Adil? I'm doing very well and I'm really looking forward to going back over last night's crazy game. Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a good one. And although I've not quite managed to catch up on it fully yet, just like the memes that were coming out of it and just every, even the box score was entertaining enough in itself. Uh, I must admit, I, I'm trying to thaw out right now. I've just been sat for the last two hours at the uh, at the mighty Gresty Road watching Crow Alexandra beat Plymouth Argyle 2-1. But uh, I am sure I will thaw out as the game goes on. So... Adil, you're the guy who watched it. Do you want to give us a quick recap as to the Browns and the Ravens last night in the 47-42 thriller? Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) It was a game that had absolutely everything. It had Lamar Jackson, vintage Lamar Jackson, I would say. He did not really resemble much of a quarterback for three quarters of this match because he was gashing them through the running game. Nine carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. And actually, I'll recall a conversation I was having with my friend who's from Baltimore. He said, we're kind of doing the triple option offense at the moment. And I was, and I said, what, run left, run right, run center? Just run, 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 because that was all they were doing. And for some reason, Cleveland weren't letting them do it. And then you look at the other side of the ball, Baker Mayfield, 28 for 47. So completion percentage wasn't massively high, but 343 yards, two touchdowns and clutch, clutch plays. They did not lose because of him. Absolutely not. They lost just because Lamar managed to pass the ball in the last drive and Justin Tucker, who was automatic from 55 yards. It was incredible. Twitter went absolutely mad with Lamar going off the field with cramps, as they were saying, or maybe he needed something different. He's (laughs) he's adamant that it was an IV fluid requirement because he was dehydrated, but everyone thought he needed to go to the loo. (laughs) which which was incredible but one of the best games I've seen in the league from a regular season point of view some people were saying it's even the best Monday night game bettering the Rams Chiefs game of a couple of years ago it was a game that had absolutely everything it was a thoroughly enjoyable watch 
And if you haven't watched the highlights or even watched like the condensed game, the condensed game was an hour long. Normally it's 40 minutes. One hour long of condensed game footage. That's incredible. Watch it. Just bask in the glory of great football because that's what it was. It was a great game. Yeah, and some great fantasy performances there as well. So Nick Chubb on the ground for the for the Browns. He got himself two rushing touchdowns. And this is how I thought they would use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb heading into the season. So Kareem Hunt only had the six carries himself, but he went for 33 yards in the touchdown. But he was he was dangerous through the air. He had seven targets, six receptions, 77 receiving yards and a touchdown there as well. So both running backs um, putting up in the 20s for, for fantasy points. And that is exactly how I thought Cleveland should do it. And the very fact that they've put up 42 points here against a decent Baltimore defence says to me that this is how they should have been playing all season long. And Cleveland, yeah, and I need to watch this this game back and to, to see where it went wrong on defence for them. But if they can put up 42 against the Ravens, obviously they put up um, a similar score against the Titans last week. They're looking good, and I, I really can't wait to see them come January. And on the other side of the ball, it was a similar story as well. So, obviously, Jackson had his two rushing touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins had a touchdown. Gus Edwards had two. Just rushing touchdowns absolutely everywhere in this one. It but- almost broke the record. I think the record was, I think, nine. It was the second highest number of rushing touchdowns in a in an NFL game, from my knowledge. So that was Monday Night Football. Of course, there was plenty of other action across the weekend as well. So we will start, as we always do, with the injuries. So Detroit Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford exited late in the fourth quarter against the Packers with a rib injury. And it's just been injury after injury for Matt Stafford this season. Obviously, he missed a great deal of the season last year, but now he's just struggling to stay healthy. And with everything that's going on there in in Detroit and the the win that they had last week against the Bears they just can't seem to quite get things right so hopefully it's not too serious for Matt Stafford Uh, for Miami they lost both Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant they both left the game early against the Chiefs with leg injuries and Mike Gesicki was ruled out of the fourth quarter with a shoulder injury as well so Mike Gesicki seems to have just found that chemistry there with with Tua Tonga via lower and it's a shame to see him go out but hopefully he can uh, he can get healthy and get back into action Noah Fant left the game with illness, which is always a, uh, a weird one to see in uh, in an NFL game. But um, whether it was a uh, case of the Lamar Jacksons, if you like, uh, we, we don't know. We'll, we'll hear more about that as the, as the week progresses. Uh, Debo Samuel left early with a hamstring injury and uh, Brandon Ayuk went off as a result of that. He was uh, he was electric yesterday against the, the Washington football team. But Debo, again, another player who has just really struggled to keep fit this season. In the same game, Alex Smith suffered a leg injury near the end of the near the end of the first half, and we saw Dwayne Haskins come in and and carry the, the Washington football team to a victory in that one. And uh, Brandon Allen, Cincinnati Bengals, we, we're really uh, falling out of fantasy relevance here. But Brandon Allen left the game against the Cowboys, also with a, a right leg injury suspected to be a bone bruise, and that is pretty much it from the offensive point of view. So we will head into our MVPs for the weekend. And Rob, do you want to kick us off, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back to that, the injury, um, the discussion about illnesses. 
don't see Gary Lineker's anymore, do you? You don't see uh, <laughs> you don't see the mishap that Gary Lineker had in, uh, in the what was it the late eighties or nineties? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's a different time, different story. Yeah, let's go on to some uh, some studs of the week, and of course, you know where I'm starting. You know this is coming at you right now, Eugene <laughs> E. Y. Hilton has just. I mean, where where has this been, by the way? Dilly, like, tell me right now, where has this been? I mean, it, <laughs> he was missing for the first three quarters of the season, and all of a sudden, the last three games, I think he's on. If this was the, if this was week one, two, and three, he'd be on pace for like sixteen hundred yards and thirty touchdowns or something stupid. I have missed this Ty Hilton for so mm. long because he's such a good player. Yeah, yeah, like, I, he's incredible as a player, and he's normally the go-to guy. He was Andrew Lutz. Yeah, if I'm gonna third and something, I'm going to Ty. He's got short hands. He's got. He's gonna find some space, and he's mm. just gonna get me to that first down. It's weird as well because obviously Pitt Rivers coming over from the Charges, and he had um, obviously Keenan Allen was his man that he just fed and fed and fed. And you just, I just thought it was gonna be Ty just because he's you know the experienced head. It wasn't like that for the first, like I said, the first twelve weeks. Um, was well, first 11 weeks was miserable, but the last three 81 yards for one touchdown, 110 last week for one touchdown, and then this week, uh, five receptions, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. Yes, thank you, T.Y. Hilton. I did start him in a couple of couple of matchups, um, and I like it going forward as well. Houston next week, load up on Eugene, and it, it yeah. wasn't. It was deep, deep balls as well that they was they were connecting on. Yeah. Obviously, we, we said to Ty, has he got to? We said earlier in the season, has he now got to adjust his game? Has he lost that step? That has he got to kind of do a, a Larry Fitzgerald in his career and perhaps move inside and that kind of stuff? But yeah. no, he was he was hitting him deep on Sunday. So I don't know. I wonder if I think if my memory serves me correctly, and did he correct me if I'm wrong? I think Ty is in a contract year. Um, so I wonder if he's suddenly just turned a corner and gone, uh, uh, oh, okay, well, I'm out of contract in the year. If I don't do something now, then I, I ain't going to be on a team next year. He is in a contract year, and mm. genuinely for the Colts, I hope that he stays and he signs his final contract. And Me too. He, 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 he retires a Colt because... Yeah. I mean, he's a he's legend. Been, he, yeah, he's been an incredible servant, and he's—I don't know how old he is now. I think he's only thirty-one. Yeah, he's not—he's yeah. not old. Like, you know, he's you still see, got speed. Yeah, I mean, he's still got a couple of years of him for sure, and I think he's showing that now. And I think that's what I mean. I think he's realised that he needed to show something because had he had gone out on his current trajectory—well, not current—his trajectory up to week eleven, I think he would have probably not got another contract he would have struggled in free agency because he'd have been the has been tag um and he might not have picked up only a, a sort of a veteran contract but now if he's proven that he's still got a, you know he's still got it um yeah i, I hope he stays as well because i think he'll be great for them for the young lads for for Pittman and for um paris campbell i think he's, he'll be a great person to have in that dressing room i think we will keep him on but yeah good to see him come back great week this week fantasy mvp eugene hilton take a bow um, i was I doing know. a lot of that dance david i was <laughs> I doing know. a lot of the ty dance <laughs> yeah we're, we're not live streaming but <laughs> so, um... <laughs> my uh, my uh, for, for the purposes of the tape david just did the ty hilton dance um and i actually said that my best mate in canada is a massive diehard ravens uh, raiders fan 
Um, so we were obviously texting to him from, and as soon as that went in, that, that touchdown, I did, I did the TY and sent it to him, and he wasn't too impressed. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about <laughs> one thing about the Raiders' defense, they really struggle against really quick receivers. They've been gashed by really quick receivers quite yeah. a few times this season. Yeah, so T.Y. Hilton, take a bow, my friend. So, Dilly, who have you got as your MVP for the week? My, to continue the Colts loving, uh, <laughs> no home, no uh, team bias whatsoever. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, MVP for the week. 20 rushes for 150 yards. There we go. Two touchdowns. There we two go. Receptions for 15 yards go. off two targets. Yet again, 100% catch rate. And he included that 62 yard touchdown where he just kept on going. Now, Get when you there. think he is a 103 kilo rushing back, a rushing guy. That's 226 pounds for people listening. <laughs> yep. And yeah. I, I was watching. Monday Night Football last night, and Maurice Jones-Drew, who said, I've not seen a back that big run that fast. Yeah. Now, Derek Henry is a lot taller than him. He's five inches taller, so he just eats up ground from a height. He's six foot three. He's, what, five foot ten? Yeah. And that weight, mm-hmm. he is a big guy, and he has got speed. Well, I'm pretty sure. I think he ran a 4.39 at the Combine. Yeah. You know, that's rapid for a running back. Yeah. You know, that is rapid. He's a quick guy. And I'm so glad this performance happened because for all of those people that were at me about the, the, the CAH stuff, unlucky because Jonathan Taylor has just proved he's the best rookie running back in the class. <laughs> yeah, and there's you can't get... Hines in there as well. So Hines had seven carries, 58 yards. Yep. Um, and also in the passing game as well. It wasn't Hines' most prolific day, but... We saw it with with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler last year in, I was going to say San Diego then. David, come on, it's been years. So uh, we saw that in Los Angeles last year. Um, Philip Rivers can sustain two running backs in his offense. One one to do that hard work. And and Melvin Gordon, perfectly good pass catcher as well, as, as like we said, um, Jonathan Taylor getting a couple of couple of grabs there. But uh, Naheem Hines, he, he wasn't the target monster in this one. He didn't need to be, but he can be when Philip Rivers needs him to be. So, yeah, I'm... Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm going to have uh, I'm going to share in this Colts love because um, I do absolutely love Jonathan Taylor and T.Y. Hilton and it was so good to see both of them go off in this one really and really a, good and a couple more things he was RB2 on the week he's now RB11 on the season he's toted the ball 20 times two out of the last three games and in the th- last three games he's averaging six yards per carry yikes he is ball in Another nice matchup for him again next week against the Texans. So, um, yeah, this is why he was a trade for candidate a couple of weeks ago. This is why on trade deadlines it was get Jonathan Taylor, get David Montgomery. I don't know if we're going to mention him somewhere down the line, but again, it's it's matchups. They're coming through, and it's great to see. Well, I don't think any of us have got um, Montgomery listed, so we may as well talk about him now. First play Mm. from scrimmage. 80 yards rushing touchdown for Montgomery, but his usage just fell off a cliff then, seemingly. Like, yes, they were so far up in the game that they just said, Okay, we're just gonna, we're not gonna use him that much. We're gonna try and use the other guys. And unfortunately, that's how sometimes it happens. 
But who saw that Bears win come in? Like with the the way that the Bears have been playing and the way that the Texans have been going, like Texans haven't been phenomenal. Obviously, they've really shot at the wide receiver position, but um, I didn't see that performance coming. But um, no. Trubisky played pretty pretty well. Yeah, and he's he's making Allen Robinson the the wide receiver that we drafted him as earlier on in the season. So uh, that's going to say long may that continue. But we've only got two weeks left of fantasy. Before we head into to my MVP for the week, and I'm going to go for the King. And we talked, well, I talked about him in the, the preview for this game because I mentioned that he'd never had a 100 yard rushing game in Jacksonville. Um, people think that Derek Henry's rushing against the, the Jags is synonymous, but it was never actually in Jacksonville. But he went and got two this week. Derek Henry had 26 carries, 215 rushing yards for two touchdowns as well. And if the season was just a little bit longer, I think he's got a real shot. He would have had a real shot at the the rushing um, top yardage for, for for all time. He's the the match What's he on now just shy of 1600. But he's he's got. Um, well, he's, he's got two week, two games now, uh, the Lions and the Packers, where he could get another wow. 200 in each. So, so what's the record? Is it 2097 or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's between two and two one. So, because I, I think I there's a I think I call me stupid if this is wrong, but I think the single game record is 297 from Adrian Peterson. And yeah. the season record is two oh nine seven. I think I think that's just off the top of my okay. head. That's from playing. That's from playing Madden and looking at the NFL <laughs> records on Madden. By the way, so I might have that wrong. Uh, Rob, you've got your difficulty too easy on Madden. Then uh, is uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying that's what it says on Madden. That's what the record is. That's, that's the target. You see, but yes, of course I smash it. <laughs> no, they, they those those totals do sound about right. To be fair. So the current rushing record, Eric Dickerson, two one zero five. Oh, I got it wrong. I was what five yards, six, seven yards out. My math is not very good. Eight. What? What, what did CJ? <laughs> what did CJ two K get? Two o o six, two thousand and six. Oh, mm. <laughs> don't know where I got that number from. Then I clearly just two o nine seven is Adrian Peterson. Ah, Wait, that's what it is. It's okay. So Adrian Peterson's single game rushing was 297 and his career best was 2097. That's where I'm getting that number from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. So uh, Derek Henry, has, he's got an outside chance at making that, especially with the two matchups that he's got in the next two weeks. Yes, definitely. Um, I, and it's, it's his time of the year. He only gets better in, in December. And this, this performance against the Jags, um, yeah, really, really, really showed that. He was the obviously the, the running back one on the week as he has been in so many seasons. I've got him in that league where you get the extra bonus ten points for the two hundred nice. yard performance. So yep. that's a lost, um, guttingly. But um, yeah, Derek Henry take about a phenomenal performance on the ground again, albeit wow. against Jaguars defense. But he is going to do just as much in the next two games as well for your fantasy team. So we're at the start of the season. Like he signed his he signed his contract and people said oh he's going to take a hit on his uh, redraft value because they're going to ease him up a bit but no this guy's a monster considering the amount of touches that he's had in his career like in college in high school and even in the NFL now this guy is a monster. So they said like last year he had 303 rushes in the season didn't they and they were like well that won't happen again because that's just too much you know that's unsustainable. He's on 297 and there's still two games. <laughs> uh, yeah. Three games. It's, uh... Three games. Three games, of course. Week 17. Well, whether they play that or not. Well, they might have to, to be honest. Yeah. 
So wow. I have an interesting stat nugget that we're to, that kind of continues on from the the home versus away versus the Jags. So if you actually look at game one in a season versus the Jags over the last three years, and they've generally play, played them around week three, 60 rushes for 185 yards, 3.1 yards a carry, and his points for fantasy purposes have been 8.4, 11.1, 5.7. Game two versus the Jags, which has been between week 12 and week 14, 62 rushes for 612 yards, 9.9 yards a carry, 47.8, 28, 35.2. He's averaging 37 points per game in the nice. second game, second divisional game versus the Jags in uh, the last three seasons. Wow. Excellent. Excellent stuff. That yards per carry going from three to 10 is insane. Yeah. Off like the same amount of carries. That is, yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to go for it. I think he's going to get the record because Detroit. Green Bay and Houston are three very runnable defenses. That I reckon he's going to get it. That's what my money's on. Well, yeah, two hundred yards in each. That's what he needs. So, yeah, why not? Let's go. Let's go. The King, King Henry. You are my MVP for the week. So, Rob, we'll take it back to you. Who is your honourable mention, please? Uh, my honourable mention on the week is um, another rookie uh, running back, uh, not Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it's Cam Akers. Um, and this is a guy who's had to be patient. He's in a, a mess of a backfield with uh, Darrell Henderson and Malcolm but, uh, Brown. Uh, is that, yeah, Malcolm Brown's right. Isn't it? Yeah, I need to say Malcolm Butler there, but that's a different position. Um, yeah, it's the, the, the Rams... The Rams running backs have been a nightmare this year, haven't they? But Cam Akers, fair play to him. The last three weeks, really, has he's sort of come out to be that lead guy. He's kind of fended the other two off. Um, and this week, by far, his best performance on the ground. Okay, no touchdowns, but 171 rush yards off 29 carries. Um, that'll get it done. That will say to your head coach, look, look, coach, I am, I am your new Todd Gurley. Um, so yeah, fair play to him, uh, and he he deserves the honourable mention for me this week, Cam Akers. Yeah, and weirdly, I was looking, I was doing the uh, the NFL hype train last night, and his the the percentage of, of managers who was on the team has dropped this week. I, I don't really know why that would happen, but. Uh, from from hype train to hype train, his his ownership has dropped. Mm. Weird, considering he's got you know the Jets next week, yeah, um, which is a tasty matchup. Seattle, you can run on Seattle. Um, you can play against Seattle. I mean, there's usually a shootout involved when Seattle are in town. Um, and then yeah, well, I was only week seventeen, but we don't care about week seventeen for fantasy, do we? Absolutely not, but. A really weird one, like like you said. I'm so glad that he's just stamped his authority in that backfield. And when yeah. Sean McVeigh came out at the start of the season, I can't even remember who the fourth guy was, but he said he wanted to employ a four-headed backfield in this one. Uh, who was the fourth <laughs> guy that they released? Um, that's, that's not part of him. I, I cannot remember, but he said he wanted to employ a, a four-headed backfield, which 
obviously, as as fantasy players, we, we do not want to hear, but Cammy, because I'm glad has finally stepped up into the markings. Yeah, you, you you could have got him in for a nice price in, in dynasty leagues and heading into next season, you'll be rubbing your hands together if you um if you went out and got him because some people would have been fed up with with what they'd seen in the first season. So yeah, Cam Akers, good good week from you again. Adele, over to you. Who is your honourable mention? So my honourable mention was very close to being an MVP for the week. And that is Bill's wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. His <laughs> performance the other day, uh, the other night, Sunday night football, 10 receptions of 14 targets, 130 yards and a touchdown. Now you look at the rest of his team's receiving stats, 108 yards receiving for the rest of the team. The combination of Allen and Diggs was absolutely key to the Bills' victory over the Steelers. Now, if you look at the turning point of that game, was 100% the pick six by Taron Johnson, which was the first defensive touchdown by the Bills' defence in, I can't remember how long, but it was an eternity. It was over a year. And up to that point, the Bills' drives had been punt, interception, punt, punt, fumble, punt, field goal. And then that happened with one minute left in the second quarter with the Bills to receive the second half kickoff. And what happens on that first drive of the second half? Diggs has four catches for 42 yards and the touchdown reception. And they just took the game away from the Steelers who couldn't do anything. We'll we'll get to that a little bit later with my bust of the week. But um, Stefan Diggs, honourable mention, incredibly talented, uh, probably one of the best route receivers um, route runners in the league. He, he he just found pockets of space that he's known to be able to do. Okay, so my honourable mention is Miles Sanders. And this has been another guy that has just had, well, he had so much promise headed into the season. It's just taken a little while to get going. And a lot of it came down to, to an 82-yard play, but that's that's what fantasy football is all about. So the guy finished with 14 carries, 115 rushing yards and two touchdowns in the Eagles' surprise 24-21 win over the New Orleans Saints. And there was there was people saying that the, the Eagles might not win a game. We, we said it on this podcast uh, on Friday that the Eagles generally might not win another game this season, yet... They prevented the, the Saints from winning the, the division that weekend. The Saints will probably win it again uh, this weekend. But the, the Eagles are now firmly back in the division race themselves. Obviously, they've got that tie, which which does help them out. And Mars Sanders, we, we've talked about his yards per carry on this show. It is a high yards per carry. It's currently second in the league, only behind Nick Chubb. And this guy... If we feed in the ball, he does things. And this is against a difficult Saints run defense. Like the Saints have, I don't think they'd given up a, a hundred yard rush of this season. Um, I know it's certainly been quite a few games if 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 they have had one this season. And he had he had five targets, four receptions, and 21 yards as well. So although it wasn't a prolific yardage, it was still nice for, for four receptions and it was a decent PPR week for the guy. So Miles Sanders, it really good performance, running back three on the week and something that we wanted to see all season long for him. And that performance from Jalen Hurts, obviously he had a great game on the ground as well. And the fact that he's already been named the starter for, for the matchup this weekend poses real questions about the future of Carson Wentz and the future of, of the Philadelphia way to go because obviously they invested the, the first round pick into to Jalen Hurts. So they've got to believe in this guy. 
Um, yeah. who, who, who's going to be the quarterback next season? I know they can't get rid of Wentz because of the, the cap that's tied up in him. The, the Wentz deal means that they are tied to him for at least two years now, um, at least to be there. But who's, who's going to take that first snap of the season? I think it's Hurts. I do. Um, I did see somewhere, I, I think they can obviously trade uh, Wentz away, but obviously there's a massive cap hit on it. Um, because someone said on a podcast earlier, I can't remember which podcast it was. Um, I know what it was. It was a Pat McAfee show. And someone said that um, Carson Wentz could be indie bound. No, thank you. We've had our injured quarterback. We've had in Andrew Luck. We, we don't need another Andrew Luck. <laughs> We're good, thanks. Uh, so do, do we know? Do we think that Pat McAfee knows somebody in Indy that's, that's hinted at that? Or no, it wasn't Pat McAfee. It was one of his guests on the ah, show. Right, okay. um, it was um, oh god, I can't remember his name. Um, he does like a lot of betting stuff, and he he basically said that yeah, Wentz could be because because India got such a massive cap space that's what it was so we could take the contract but no we're good thanks yeah India's cap space that how good the India have been this year and the cap space that they've got they are a scary proposition next I'd, I'd much rather us make a play for Jameis <laughs> yeah and I I can't honestly can't believe that he's he's not the starter right now obviously Taysom Hill has nah, come in and until that's crazy until this this week where he's lost, he, he came in and, and did a job for, for the Saints, but um Jameis, maybe it's his character things there. Obviously, we've I think he's he's come to blows with uh, Sean Payton a little bit, so maybe it is it's a... Sean Payton has the inability to see a goat because that is what Jameis Winston is. He's a goat. <laughs> yeah, just just in case uh, we are at a very... really gonna die on that hill, aren't you? I am gonna die on that hill. I'm gonna die on the same hill that David Davenport has died on the Leonard Fournette hill. That hill is gone. That he's there's a, there's a there's a crucifix on the top of that hill. David Davenport, rest in peace, says there with Leonard Fournette. Uh, the Jameis Hill is still alive. I'm still I'm dying. I am dying hard on it, but it's still there. It's still there's still a glimmer of hope. Yeah, I did. Somebody did manage to bring the defib over to me and just get a couple of beats out of me from London Fournette a little earlier on in the season. But uh, yeah, I'm like, Rojo. Rojo is, what is he, fifth in the league in rushing yardage? Like sneakily, yeah. under the radar, yeah. he's having a very good season. Not just from yeah. a fantasy perspective, but um, yeah, he's he's high up there on the, the rushing for the, for the season, which uh, yeah. is something that nobody is talking about. And Fournette was a healthy scratch. You know, that's what Ronald Jones is doing. That's what Ronald Jones is doing. That's not necessarily Fournette being... Well, then Shady got a little bit of work. I completely forgot that Shady was there until I saw him darting (laughs) down the field. And I was like, what's what's going on You you say darting, you mean plodding. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He he did not have the burst. (laughs) We've got LaShawn McCoy carrying the ball. and We've got Tom Brady throwing touchdowns to Rob Kronkowski. Is this 2013? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay, Rob, who have you got as your bust of the week? Uh, my bust of the week as uh, a great little segue. You've just set me up, teed well, me up lovely on know. the tee box. Because um, I am going to go with the uh, wide receiver tandem. That is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, very, very disappointed with them this week. Um it was a good matchup for them. And I had Chris Godwin in my DraftKings and it was all set to be, um, you know, a good shootout style game with the Vikes and Tom Brady was meant to throw for three, 400 yards. And it was going to be one of these fantasy 
goodness games for wide receivers. Um, not really. I mean, I saw Scotty Miller got a nice touchdown, which was good for Scotty Miller. Um, but Mike Evans, okay, Mike Evans 356 is not horrendous. Um, you'd expect a touchdown. Um, but Chris Godwin, he's the main beneficiary, uh, main beneficiary, the main culprit here in the um, in the bus section because two for 25 isn't getting it done. Now, there was a few more targets, I believe. There was, I, I vaguely remember one target, which I thought might have been a catch, but wasn't a catch. Um, but nonetheless, it wasn't good for fantasy owners. Um, I managed to scrape by in one of my fantasy teams with with Godwin on because fortunately I had Ridley and Montgomery and, and I think Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, I know that was when I had T.Y. Hilton as my flex. So yeah, fortunately I got away with it, but yeah, um, he would have cost fantasy managers um, uh, another round of the playoffs this week and it wasn't good. So Chris Godwin, you are the bus, my bust of the week, sir. It's not even like Antonio Brown's coming. Antonio Brown's taking all the work as well. It's like you've mentioned Scotty Miller, who yeah. there was talk about being a thing at the start of the season, but he's he's not rostered anywhere at the moment. Well, he had one reception for forty-eight yards. That's what Scotty Miller would do. Um, yeah. You know, he's a burner. He's quick. Um, you know, Tom Brady does like the the, the quick white guys. Uh, he had him for years in in New England, um, but he's Scott Miller's not going to be fantasy relevant because you're going to get these burst games once and every now and again it's you know but there is a lot of mouths to feed in that offense now you know like you said mike evans antonio brown scott miller chris godwin cameron brait um oj howard when he comes back next year there's another mouth to feed uh gronk obviously um you know and then uh, and everyone out the backfield so there is so many mouths to feed there it's tough but you still expect cod chris godwin to get four, five, six receptions a game, 60, 70, 80 yards a game. That's, that's kind of what you expect from him. Two for 25 is is not ticking no fantasy boxes. Okay, Adele, who is your bust of the week? Going with Sunday Night Football again, my bust of the week is James Connor. He had 10 rushes for 18 yards, and that was it. He, The Steelers just can't run the ball whatsoever. Like... Towards the, well, I would say three quarters of this season, they haven't been able to run the ball. Their their line is just not creating any holes and he, he's just not getting any, he's just not getting anywhere. And he's not been using the passing game whatsoever. Not a single reception in that game. It, it's, it's pitiful considering when you consider the Steelers, what they are known for traditionally, running the rock. They are traditionally a good running football team and they cannot do it for Toffee. Yeah, Big Ben has always been this guy that will hold on to the ball, hold on to the ball, take the hits and lob the ball so far. And then, like you say, run, 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 run. And this year it's a quick, a quick timing offense. It's uh, completely different to what we used to there. And I think they're getting found out a little bit because they, they started really hot into the season. Obviously, they went 11 and 0. They obviously had a favorable matchup. Uh, but I just think they're getting found out a little bit. And like you say, if they can take that that one element away from them, the running one, um, Big Ben probably hasn't got the ability to. To, to stretch the field anymore so they've, they've, they've been found out and that's that's why they're, they're starting to lose games now and yeah. they'll, they'll win the division they'll they'll head to the playoffs they'll perhaps win they're, one or two games but nah, they're one and done in the playoffs they're not a good team they went 11-0 but the schedule come on come on like most teams are beating out the schedule 
I don't, I'm not buying it. I didn't even buy it from the beginning, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're a good team. I think they've got great defense, very good defense there. Offensively, Big Ben is not a good quarterback anymore. He was. He was one of the greatest. Um, legend. He hasn't got the answer anymore. He says it himself in the post-match interviews. He's not, you know, he doesn't feel like he's got it anymore. He's been saying it for two, three years. Do you remember the four interception game or five interception game a couple of years ago against the Jags, I believe, where he come in and said, oh, I haven't got it anymore. I've got, you know, you know, I'm going to quit and all this sort of stuff. Like that's Big Ben. He's, he's, that offense is not good enough. Look at Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster is one of the best talents in this league. What's he done this year? Like he looked good when he's got the ball, but he hasn't got the ball very often. Johnson's you know, been his, fine. Go on. Have you seen have you seen his route tree? Or somebody called it route bush or something the other day. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah <it's not> <laughs> he just doesn't go anywhere whatsoever. No, and then you've good. got the wide receivers with butterfingers. Yeah. And, they, and he, Eric um, Ebron's there, and we know as Colts fans and Detroit Lions fans will tell you that Ebron's hands are not the safest in the business. Um, that was always going to happen. But James Conner, just to circle back to James Conner, is frustrating. Started the season um, four out of the, his first six games, over 100 yards rushing, a touchdown in each. Um, well, in touchdown, four out of five games. Looking great. I think he was the running back seven or eight after week five, uh, maybe even higher. Now, falling off a cliff. Running back 22, done nothing for, what, six, seven weeks now? And I think, uh, just going back to the, the Steelers and the whole team in general, I think losing Bud Dupree is a massive one for them because him and TJ Watt opposite sides of the line. Oh, yeah, massive. Have been so good together. So, massive. Um, yeah, really, it'll all depend on who they, they end up facing in the, the, the playoffs. But because um, there's, yeah, it's, it's, I really can't predict who, who's going to get those um, those wildcard spots at the moment. Mm. But um, yeah, it will be an interesting one for sure. And unfortunately, James isn't here to uh, to back the Steelers up. Bless him. He's, he'll be screaming at the. Uh, I can imagine now he's going to have words with me after hearing that. <laughs> Actually, uh, on on Steelers fans, one of my good friends from Spherical Football is a big Steelers fan. He watches every single snap of every game, and during the game on Sunday night, he said to me, "I'm going to bed." <laughs> and I think he hasn't missed a snap in a few years. And I said to him, I think when they were unbeaten, this is the worst unbeaten side I have ever seen. And he goes, you're not wrong. We are terrible on offense. And this is yeah. a Steelers fan. He's not, then there are no illusions about what, how things are actually going there in Pittsburgh. They've ridden a lucky schedule and... I don't think they're going to progress that far in the playoffs at all. No, they're not a, not a Super Bowl team for sure. So we head over to my bus for the week. And I feel a little bit harsh on this one because he is not somebody you expect too much of on a, a weekly basis, but it's somebody who has really broken out over the last couple of weeks. And that is Corey Davis. So Corey Davis, I've mentioned on this pod so many times that Corey Davis, apart from one week this season, has had minimum double digit points in in every week so far this season until this week so Corey Davis came along and yeah I've gone for the for the Titan stack here I did preview this game on on Friday and it yeah tough sledding three receptions 34 yards uh 
and he did lose a fumble as well, which obviously hampered his his production there. And AJ Brown opposite him was doing was doing AJ Brown things. He he caught that one handed catch um, in the end zone. He he just seems to have one of those plays every single week at the moment. But Corey Davis has always been that guy that's been opposite him, just getting the receptions, getting the getting the yardage, getting the double digit fantasy points, but didn't achieve that this week. So. Corey Davis, I am afraid you have let me down. I have flown your flag far too much and uh, yeah, you've uh, disappointed, but hopefully you can bounce back. Okay, we head into the final part of the show, which is the waiver wires. So obviously the NFL hype train was published last night. Make sure you head over to www.full10yards.com for that. But here we will give you some bonus waiver pickup. So Adil, who have you got? I've got a couple of guys for everyone's waivers. Um, the first one is Jeff Wilson. So there is an injury to Raheem Mostert or Mustard Man or however, however you want to call him. Um, they are facing the Cowboys this weekend. So he's likely to get a significant share of the running game. Cowboys, terrible defense. He's only 13.8% owned in ESPN leagues. So that's He's going to be available in the majority of the leagues. Um, picking him up if you're finding yourself struggling, particularly at running back or at flex. Um, he's going to have reasonable game. He's not. He might not blow everyone's socks off, but he's going to have. He's going to get some a, a decent amount of touches, I would think. And um, the second guy is Tim Patrick. So 30.8% owned in ESPN. He had another double-digit performance in PPR last week. So this week, he's actually got a tougher matchup in the Bills, but championship week. So if you're thinking a week ahead, because if you've got a, a good team, he's got the Chargers. So that's a plus matchup. So he could be a really good guy for your championship week, providing that you get there. Indeed. I am going to go for the tight end in Arizona, Dan Arnold. He's had three touchdowns in two weeks now, and he's only had seven targets in that, that time period, which um, isn't anything to particularly write home about. But if Callum Murray has found a reliable target in Dan Arnold, then we, we can start to start to build a little bit of trust in him here. So he has got a week 15 matchup against the Eagles. Really nice matchup for, for him this week. It does finish with San Francisco, which is an absolute no for tight ends. So this would be a, a one week wonder for Dan Arnold but um, a nice one for a little bit touchdown upside if you're struggling at the position and I'm going to ask you to look at Mitchell Trubisky as well so he's he's down at 12% there so Mitchell Trubisky obviously he is he's come back in um, from from Nick Foles he's won the job back from him and like we, we mentioned at the top of the show he's he's looked okay um, he's, he's had some nice matchups and he's he's put some yards up put some touchdowns so there are worse plays this week than Mitchell Trubisky for sure. So Rob, who have you got on the waiver wire? Yeah, um, I've got a couple of names. Um, I've got a sort of, obviously we've talked in at nauseum about uh, Colts players and, and T.Y. Hilton still only at 66% uh, <laughs> in ESPN league. So why not go add T.Y. if he's there? Cause he's going to be great, especially next week. Um, Let's just mention 
Uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, he is currently 40% owned. He's, he's kind of the wide receiver one in, for, the, for the Raiders at the moment. Um, Henry Ruggs has been disappointing um, and injured sometimes as well. Um, and, you know, Aguilar's had some nice weeks, including this week where he just he picked off, I think, 18 and a half points fantasy-wise. Um, going a bit further down the list, um, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, okay, he had a good week this week, but I don't think you can trust him going forward. So let's let's go Cam Akers, 66% owned as well. Um, so if he's available in your league, pick him up. Um, going a bit lower, um, let's just mention KJ Hamler, um, 21.6 fantasy points this week. Um, again, with Tim Patrick, uh, as, as Diddy mentioned, um, you know, you could do worse um, to, to stick him on your bench, but I don't think he's a league winner for you. Um, but it's, you you know, uh, two weeks left. You never know. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think we've wrapped it up nicely. I don't think there's too many more that fantasy championship winning sort of semi-finalists are going to be picking up. Well, that's it now, isn't it? It's. I did. Um, I did start the, the hype train article. I said, um, if you're reading this, you've either had your week 14 by, you've won in week 14, or you are just a complete. And I wanted to use a word for. A, a naughty word followed by house, but uh, I went for arrogant instead. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the waivers are going to get quieter and quieter now as, as, the, as the team yeah. um, get flushed out. But, um, yeah, it, we, we've got to pick up starting caliber players now. That's that's the key thing here. Yeah, exactly. So I think you, I, you boys covered it nicely. I actually had an intriguing stat about KJ Hamler. In week 12... He was the worst wide receiver in half-point PPR <laughs> in the entire week. He was minus something points. And this week, he was wide receiver six. Off only two receptions. Wow. Yeah, you can't trust him. So ignore so... what I just said. Don't pick up KJ Hamler because he's not going to win you any fantasy titles. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay and finally we have got some Thursday night football again on surprisingly Thursday it is the battle of California in the AFC West it is the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders so little over a month ago we saw the Raiders run out victorious 31-26 but the Raiders have uh, seemingly dropped off a bit of a cliff since then so we've we've just seen the, the Raiders give up a, a lot of points to, to Jonathan Taylor there. Is it, is it, is it going to be an Austin Eckler week on, on Thursday night? Potentially. Austin Eckler's look great. Um, Herbert's obviously... Her, Herbert knows um, to be successful in that offence, you've got to throw it to Eckler. So, yeah, could, could be. Yeah, obviously, Keenan Allen is an absolute must-start in that one, as he is every single week. Eckler, I think Herbert's due a little bit of a bounce-back game. He's he's struggled a bit of late. He's um he's not been the Justin Herbert that that we've grown accustomed to at the start of the season. And I think if if Joe Burrow was still knocking around, then we'd be reevaluating the situation again as who was going to be the the offensive rookie of the year. But no, certainly we've. What about Hunter Henry? Are we are we, are we starting him in this one? It's uh, it's not the best matchup for him, but um, was he injured last week? I have a funny feeling he was. But I think he came back. I think I've just answered my own question. He was. I think he went out, but he came back. So yeah, if he's starting, absolutely. 
Yeah, and then on the Las Vegas side of things, we've got Derek Carr. Nice matchup for him. I'm uh, rolling him without any qualms. Nelson Aguilar, Chargers don't give up that many points to the wide receiver, but Aguilar is uh, is proving nice at the moment and is a really great matchup for, for Darren Waller, who I think is going to be brilliant. Now, the million-dollar question is, what on earth is going on with Josh Jacobs? And I think it's a, a quite a nice way to, to end up the show because... Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders were kind of compared to each other at the start of the season and, and have been all, all season. Um, Josh Jacobs hasn't been as good as, as anyone thought. Then he was going into the, the, the week, having not practiced fully all week. He was listed as questionable. Then he was made active. And then he posted on his Instagram that he wasn't playing and that the fantasy managers were, were going to get annoyed. And then he was spotted doing pre-game warm-ups. And he, of course, he did play, but but pretty much stunk in fantasy. What's going on? I think the silence speaks volumes. Nobody knows what's <laughs> no, nobody knows what's going on with <laughs> So if you look at the um so last four weeks, so he didn't play week 13. Week 11, if we're looking half point, 12.9. Week 12, 3.9 points. Week 14, 8.9 points. It's um, it's not been the level of performance that you've been expecting out of him. And um, I don't know. Well, you'd expect him to do better this week, but it is a short week, especially as he's been, he has had an injury problem. So I'm unsure, actually, how they're going. I think... They're going to pass the ball a hell of a lot. Yeah. They're going to. Uh, it's going to be a Derek Carr game. It's going to be a Nelson Aguilar game. It's. It's going to be. It could be a high-scoring game actually, when you consider both teams. One team can't defend fast receivers, so I don't know who the deep threat is for the Chargers. Um, Jaden Guyton. Guyton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it could, if you're looking at like. Uh, a single day daily game, you know, DFS play. Jalen Guyton could be a really good guy for that game, actually. So, um, oh yeah, I've gone off the beaten track a little bit. Josh Jacobs, mm, uh, I'm unsure for the rest of the season. Yeah, not not a good look there in Las Vegas for him, certainly. So that is Thursday Night Football. Of course, we will recap that on Friday's show as we look ahead to the rest of the weekend games. So let's close out this one. Rob, where can we find you on Twitter? Before I sign off, um, just one thing I want to add as I sort of muddered the waivers. Um, it's important for you to grab your DSTs for the next two weeks. Um, and two of my personal favourites, and I've just been trying for the last two minutes to get some ownership numbers up, but I haven't been successful. Um, Washington um, are facing... Um, oh, God, I just had it up here. Uh, where is it? Here it is. Washington are facing Seattle, who have got a miserable O-line. They're going to... and obviously Washington have got a fantastic D-line they're going to be able to get Russ uncomfortable at least how much will he cook is the question uh, and then they've got the Panthers the week after so that, that Washington are a great defense but my number one pickup defense if they're available um, is the Cleveland Browns defense because they have got the New York Giants followed by the New York Jets hello fantasy points galore uh, against those two so if you can get the Browns get the Browns and with that I will sign off
you can find me on Twitter at FFBritBaller. Um, and do listen to um, we, uh, the college uh, podcast um, at Full 10 Yards CFB. Uh, we went live last week with our scouting previews. Um, this is a massive project that we've undertaken five of us from, from the college podcast. Um, it's going to take all off season to do. And um, we've started the podcast last week. We went through running backs um, this week. So tomorrow um, or Thursday, you'll be able to listen to the linebackers that we go through. Uh, and these are all the uh, sort of the draft eligible players that we expect to see in April in the draft and um, we go through our top five each uh, and then we go for a sleeper each as well um, it's a really good breakdown show something different we're not sort of talking teams and results and and schedules and this we're literally just talking players now Obviously, there is a fantasy element to it as well. The running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, quarterbacks, but also IDP people, you're going to get something out of this as well. Um, so do give that a listen. I Trust me, it's going to be, it's a very important thing to learn about these players coming through. We're getting ahead of the curve. We're getting it out early doors and we're doing so much research. My eyes are being held up <laughs> by matchsticks at the moment because I'm watching so much college tape. And I, I dare say I'm, I, I, I'm a bit big-headed, but I think we do a fantastic job with what we're doing. Um, we're proper looking at it from a scout's perspective. Uh, and yeah, we're trying to get ahead of the curve. So please go check that out. It's on a Thursday. You can get it where you get this podcast. Um, it's called The Scouting Podcast. Indeed. Go check that out. Adil, where can we find you on Twitter? I can be found at Dilly Toon, and um, I look forward to always discussing many, 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 many sporting uh, kind of things going on during the week, during the weekend, and um, just check me out on there and uh, have a good week. Fantastic. And yeah, we will uh, we'll reconvene on Friday to talk about Thursday night football. And we've got Saturday football this week. So we've got the, the double header there with the Bills and the Broncos, Panthers and the Packers double header on Saturday. You can tell we're getting close to player football when we start seeing NFL on Saturdays. And just a little nugget to leave you with. This is the first NFL season where we will see NFL football on every single night of the week throughout the, throughout the course of the season. How cool is that? So, yeah, I have been David. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Uh, we've got three more of these shows left to do before we head into the fantasy postseason, but we will still have plenty of DFS content for you there. And then we will look to do a award show for the season before we head into the off season, where we're going to pick up loads of different stuff, such as Dynasty and IDP, etc., etc., etc. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on Friday. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled